Hello, everybody. It's Keith. Help support the Northeast scene and declare yourself a member today. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or your podcast medium of choice. Rate us and leave a review. Every little bit helps. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. It has every podcast episode plus other exclusive content. Like and leave a comment. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TheNEScene. Also, continue to write us at NortheastScene at gmail.com. We want to share your experiences as well. And now, here's the show. I don't even know how I feel about it, neither, man. Shit just goes on and on, you know. Next thing you know, somebody might try to smoke me. Don't matter, though. We all gotta go sometime, huh? everybody and welcome to the northeast scene podcast this is keith and tommy and we're back and on tonight's show peo from Keo nashi we had an excellent conversation with peo we covered it all his music history the band what's coming up different metal bands other random stuff you're gonna love it i'm so hyped about him because like he's one of those guys that like when we saw Kayanashi like walking into this is hardcore two years ago, three years ago, three years ago. Yeah. Just crushing. So good. Like just unbelievable. Like they're such a good band, great energy. And on top of that, all of them seem like really, really solid musicians. Like they're just, they're fun to watch live. And on top, like of all the things, like they are very, very, very good at playing. So. Oh, yeah. They stuck out as the most unique band I saw at This Is Hardcore. Their discography is great. In my mind, they were this newer band because, you know, I heard of them after the album on Equal Vision broke, but they've been around for a while, since 2013 or 14 or yep. something. Yeah, for sure. And the I remember I posted a clip of them in from, like, that was the only, I posted two clips from This Is Hardcore. And it was like one of the like headlining bands, like disembodied or something like that. And the other one was from Kayanashi. Like they just, they were so good. They're such a good live band and their energy is just super great. Real fun. Oh yeah. Excellent band. And you're going to love our chat. So, but what's going on with you, Tommy? I feel like I haven't spoken to you in ages, even though it's only been five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not much. Uh, just, you know, summer vacation here. So, uh, went to Hershey Park for a couple days. Uh, it's really neat to see the girls get on roller coasters, like actual, like roller coasters. (laughs) Yeah. They're going Uh, on the actual roller coasters. So they went on the, you know, like those, uh, remember the big pirate ship thing that goes back and forth and swings really high? Yeah. They went on that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that's not a roller coaster. No, but they went on like the little kid roller coasters that are like the. Uh, I know. I'm look. I'm not going to do my drilling down thing because they're only what five, six years old. Seven. 
Yeah, I didn't go on a roller coaster till I was like twelve. I was too afraid. Yeah, they 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 really uh, they kind of like narrowed down what they wanted to go on, but they did a lot of ro- like rides that I was like really impressed where they got off and they were like, "Can we go on that again?" I'm like, "Really?" I'm like, "Okay, yeah." Uh, and a couple of them I went on with them, and they were not upset. Like they were just like, "Wow." that's a weird feeling. I'm like, yeah. And they're like, let's go. Did you do the factory tour? Of course. That's oh, the, f- see, I, we didn't do that when I went, when I was eight years old, I wish I would have, I want to see how the candy is made. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> if you, yeah. It's a really fun, it's a really fun ride. And it's like for little kids too. It's there's like no Hills or anything. And, um, they take you through the whole process. I mean, it's a little boring. I mean, if you're, if you've been on it, like, a dozen times like i have um it's boring but at the same time <laughs> the kids love it and at the end of it you get a piece of chocolate so you get to relive it through your children like oh, for yeah. instance yeah. if i'm in a if i'm in a new relationship right i want to watch my favorite movies with that person it's like i can experience it again for the first time through that person and i imagine it's similar when you're at the park with your children oh yeah no it's the same thing it's like uh you meet a girl and she's good like oh yeah i like you know blah 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 blah. and then you're like uh yeah have you ever seen goonies (laughs) and she's like no oh we're gonna go home and watch goonies now (laughs) yeah it's that yeah it's that but at the same time like you don't watch the movie as much as you watch the person watch the movie like right. it's it's an unbelievable experience. Um, we had a great time. Weather was not the greatest in the world. Like we kind of dodged rain most of the day. But the nice part was is like you got too hot, walked out in the rain and got wet, and then that was it. Kind of like cooled off and hung out and ate some funnel cake and then went back on rides. It was really really fun. What are your days like now that you're not in school? What do you do? So I tutor four days a week so you're still working yes so you're not off at all well i i mean i tutor for two hours a day (laughs) it's it's not like my whole day so it's uh i tutor from like 10 to 12 every day and the rest of the time is to myself like uh i've been what do you do i've been running a lot like a a lot like i ran seven and a half miles today jeez I spend a lot of time doing like goofy stuff. Like we're going down the shore next week and I I spend a lot of time like getting ready for the shore, like, you know, going to Costco or going to the supermarket and buying food that we know we need. Going where? To Costco, the best, (laughs) the the best goddamn store in the world. (laughs) I sent Tommy an image of, there was this woman who has a Costco tattoo and it's like really big on her arm. Now, Tommy, I know you're married and all, and you have a family that you love, but Let's say you weren't. Would a woman with a Costco tattoo be very appealing to you? A hundred percent. That's not even, I, I, that's, I didn't even take a second of thought with that because I kind of knew where you were going with it. And in my head, I'm going like, yeah, like if she's into saving money and into like shopping there, it's. So it's that much of a thing. Oh yeah. Like I, wow. I, I, I really like, do you ever, do you look forward to going shopping? No, I hate it. Oh my God. I love going to Costco. <laughs> it's the most fun in the world. Yeah, I really do. <laughs> I really look forward to going to it. Like I, it's, it's something I 
we use the uh, the function on the phones, like to do the the notes, like where we can share the notes, and uh, we'll share a list, like, and I'll get an update that says like Kelly added something to the list, and I'm like, oh sweet, I go like scroll through it, and I'm like, oh yeah, cotton candy grapes, yeah, no for sure. I've always hated grocery shopping, and I still hate it now because I I think I still associate it with. My last relationship, I guess food was a central thing, making it, making dinner, going shopping. So I still think about that a little bit, but I just hate, I don't know, I just hate it for some reason. Food is like a hindrance to me, you know, buying it, making it, eating it. Most of the time, it's it's just not something I want to do. See, I, I mean, I guess I can see that totally. If, especially if you're making food for yourself, it's yeah. an it's an annoyance. <laughs> like yeah. Tonight I made uh, BLTs for everybody, and I make BLT tacos. So I like chop up the tomatoes real small. I mix the mayo, salt, and pepper, and I chop the lettuce really tiny. And then I cook bacon in the pan and chop that up really small. And then I just make like a kind of like a paste. And then put it in the, the taco shells, and the, the girls love it. Like they go crazy for it. Like <laughs> e- Evelyn ate three of them tonight. Whoa! Yeah, like, and she's forty five pounds. <laughs> she ate three pounds of BLT tonight, probably. <laughs> well, yeah, making food for other people is nice. Making food for myself is boring. Yeah, I can see that. It, it's an annoyance at that point. Like, it's something you don't want to spend time on. Exactly. It's because it's like, uh, it's, what's the word I'm looking for? It's perfunctory. It's something you have to do. It's a means to an end. Right. And it's like, ugh, I got to eat, so I have to make something. Uh, the biggest thing I found that like is really nice for us is I make stuff in not like large batches, but like decent size batches, like uh, like chicken salad. And all the kids love it. And I'll like, you know, chop up a bunch of celery, a bunch of onions. I get a bunch of cranberries. I chop those up. And then yeah, we know what's in chicken salad, but I, I just make it and, and it's just make toast, toast, <laughs> toss that on top. And then we're good to go. And that's dinner. I hate salad. Like, you know what salad I'm talking about? Potato yeah. salad, chicken. No, it's just, ew. It's all bad. I don't, I don't Tuna like, salad. Tuna is it? I, I don't. Chicken salad. It's just paste. It's not salad. I've never gotten. I I eat a lot of chicken salad, but I I've never gotten tuna salad. I don't get it. Like it smells really bad. Like it smells like a garbage can. Like like I don't want, <laughs> I don't want to eat that. Like as soon as I smell it, I'm like, I don't care what it tastes like. People goes, oh, it's it's not what it. It doesn't taste like it smells. It's like I don't care. Like. I have to put it up near my nose to eat it, so I'm done. Well, do you want to know what's going on with me? Yeah, what do you got? Nothing. Really? Yeah, I work on this show, and I go to work, and that's pretty much it. That's a good thing. Yeah, it's fine. I'm going to San Jose next week for work. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, refresh me with the kind of the geography of San Jose. Like, where are we in terms of, like, L.A. or San Francisco? It's like an hour north of San Francisco. So I'm going to fly into SFO, drive to San Jose, and that's where the the place I'm going to is. And it's going to be weird because last time I was there, I was in uh, really bad shape. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I remember you telling the story about driving all around and 
Yeah, yeah. So that that happened the last time I was there, and it's it's going to be the same place. Like I'm going to the same place. I will be flying into the same place. So, I mean, it'll be fine. But it'll just it'll just be funny because my life has has changed so much from that time, however many years ago it was. I thought about telling the whole story on on here and like the days and everything, but I was like, wait, you can totally cut this. But I'm pretty sure you told that story. Ah, eh, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah, never mind yeah, yeah if if anyone hears it i'll just lie and say like i made it up for the podcast yeah no and then sure. if they hear this i'll say this is a lie i'll just deny 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 yeah i, I mean what proof do you have yeah yeah i always think about that like i i got a parking ticket in college and i remember i emailed them and said like Okay, I I need the proof. Like I I I'm pretty sure I didn't park in a handicap spot. And they sent me a picture that was like, "Oh yeah, here's the picture of you parked in the handicap spot." And I'm like, "That's not my fucking car. <laughs> that's that's not even my car. I don't I don't drive a Ford Taurus. Like I don't know what the fuck this is." And the lady wrote me back. And she was like, "Yeah, we canceled the fine. Never mind." I was like, "What the fuck? Like what the shit was that? Like that was so dumb." But yeah. Ask for the proof. Like, oh, oh, you caught me doing this? Cool. Uh, where's the evidence? No, you don't have it? Good. We're done. No evidence. We're done. But what we're not done with is this episode of the podcast, because now you get to hear our conversation with Peo from Keonashi. Enjoy. All right, folks. We're here now with Peo from Keonashi. Peo, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. How you doing? Excellent. It's great to have you here. How are you doing today uh not bad i'm uh recovering from yesterday you know uh, <laughs> had a good night out nice what'd you do uh i went to this like uh I, I guess like a weird dj i wouldn't call it a dj set but like a dj set on a rooftop uh, uh. in philly so that was really cool got to watch all the fireworks then i uh went and visited some friends and then i just went home nice that sounds good are you from philly i'm not i'm actually uh i'm from massachusetts but I live in Philly now. How long have you been there? So I, um, when I joined the band in 2016, I, uh, I moved down here and lived, uh, was living with Peter and his family uh, till about sometime uh, 2017, like late 2017. I moved out to uh, Maine, um, oh. and I was in Maine for a while, for a few years, and then uh, last year in May, um, landlord uh, sold my apartment, so I had to move out. Um, so I moved back down to Philly and yeah, now I'm here. So I've been here for almost a year since September. I was living with, uh, August cause he was a sweetheart. I was living with August in uh, Jersey, mm-hmm. um, my bassist for anyone who doesn't know listening. Yeah. I was listening. Um, I was living there and then me and Peter got a place here in Philly. Long story. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we, we have Philadelphia ties. That is where we are from. I was, uh, born in the Northeast raised in the suburbs and then i lived in the city for 10 years and tommy lives in feasterville which is in bucks county so that's uh that's our origin story oh nice i uh i work out in doyle i like work in doylestown at a school of rock i know i just recently learned that's bucks county i'm like just i'm like i was here before but i really only just stayed in north philly um or play and then went and like played shows but like i didn't i don't really do too much exploring um, I've, I've learned that I'm kind of boring lately compared to everyone else. <laughs> um, 
yeah, like everyone's like, oh, let's just go walk down the street. I'm like, man, I don't want to do any of that shit. I want to stay home. I'm like that too. Like people that I talk to, they'll know their whole neighborhood. They know the order the streets go in. They can walk it. They can walk somewhere without GPS. I don't know where anything is, and I've realized it's because I rarely go anywhere. Yeah, like people will be like, oh, you know this street and this street, and I just have to do the like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Do uh, <laughs> one of those, get through the conversation. So uh, you said you grew up in Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah, I grew up born in Lowell, Massachusetts. Lived there till I was like seven, and then moved to Pepperell, Massachusetts, which is like it's not. I don't know. It's more like uh, I guess like farm town than anything. In like suburbs, I'd say. Yeah, I grew up there. I have like, you know, three older brothers, all play music type stuff. Um been playing drums since I was like a kid. That's like one of uh Lowell is uh one of those places that I, I didn't really know what it was. Um, but there's a band that I really, really like that's from Lowell called Mouth Breather. Yeah. You like that? <laughs> Dude, yeah, that is so sick. That band is amazing. How um, fuck, dude? When I first heard that record, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> like, it's, that band it's, is so good. They're really, and it's on. T- like, uh, it's really funny. Is that like uh, every time I try to get them on all the time? They're so good, Massachusetts. I love that Massachusetts. Lowell is like such a weird spot because it's like this mini city, and that's like calling it a city is is a little. I don't know how to explain, man. It's like a city for like five seconds. I don't know how to explain <laughs> it, but uh, yeah, man. Mouth breathers, mad good. I like. I used to go see like before like Vane got like big, big. Oh, yeah, yeah. I used to go mm-hmm. watch Vane in like college basements, and they would always play with this band called Floods like every weekend, and it was sick. I love that shit. But uh, damn, yeah, Vane. There must be something must be in the water in Massachusetts because you've got. Mouth breather. You've got like heroes like Converge and Caven. You've got Vane. Vane, I think, is one of the top bands out there right now. It's just so much good music coming out of that state. Oh, absolutely. Always, always. Like, I grew up, you know, when I was going to school, like the Massachusetts metal thing was a real, like, very real with like, uh, you know, you had Kill Switch in the thousands, oh, yeah. right? So you had like big ass bands coming out of like New England, like All That Remains, Shadows Fall, Unearth. Oh, that's right. Yeah, like all these bands that are just like, they just dominated the metal scene for so long. And then you always had like a yeah, cave-in from like 90s and stuff, right? Um, mm-hmm. Always having like this prog influence because like Killswitch was like kind of like progressive, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, for, I still remember when that first record came out, it was, there wasn't a lot of stuff like that happening because they were, I don't know, they were like, they weren't super techie, you know what I mean? Like Converge or Cave In or Dillinger or any of those bands. It was more like straightforward metalcore. And I, I don't feel like there was a lot of stuff around there like that at the time. Yeah, no, I mean, like, it was like, that's the thing. It was like a straightforward metalcore, but they like had these elements where it was like progressive. And that was like, yeah, I feel like that's a big Massachusetts like thing. Like even Acacia Strain, I mean, I guess Acacia Strain's not technically, they're not Massachusetts. I consider them New England though. They have the, these just these parts that, you know, they're not like sh- like techie all over the place, but there's just parts here that's like, oh, that's like really weird, like kind of like a weird progressive element to it. So I always think that's like a thing for Massachusetts. And I, I think that uh, definitely comes out in my playing in influence like that. Hey, I was doing a little bit of lurking before this and I saw uh, like a playthrough that you did 
and you're rocking a Necrophagus t-shirt. And I was like, as soon as I saw that, I was like, yo, we're going to fucking bro down. Talk oh, about hell that. yeah. <laughs> yo, I, New England it, during like uh, the late thousands was so for, so fortunate. Worcester Palladium. Oh, man. So the Palladium, like, so Philly now is like, that's Philly gets everything. But back yes. then, like for metal, dude, we got everything. And one day I saw um, Necrophagus, Carcass, Beneath the Massacre, 1349 origin dying fetus aborted uh <laughs> in wow. one day and I, it, I was just like it is so stacked i've seen necrophagus three times i saw i got to see them play dawn and demise like Damn. the song that's unreleased and shit like back when like uh drummers you know like playing 300 bpm was like super uncommon like that wasn't even a thing <laughs> and it just got broke by fucking necrophagus drummer and it was like crazy and oh man i i used to be super into tech death and like uh dad i'm not so much deathcore i was like really picky with deathcore but like yeah metal and death metal when i was younger like yeah that necrophagus shirt in that playthrough was literally from when i was in high school <laughs> and i'm 28 now that was probably done when i was like 26 you nailed it though with uh with deathcore that's like one of those things that like some people just go, oh, I really like, and then insert the name of the band, and I'll listen to it. And it can be just the aesthetic of the band. I don't care. Like sometimes I'll just watch, like I'll look at it and go, no. Immediately, I'm just like, no, I don't like it. And they're like, people love this band. I'm like, I don't, and I don't know. <laughs> I, I I can't tell you why. I can't put my finger on it. But I'm just so <laughs> I'm so picky with stuff like that. There's like two bands that I can actually stand from that kind of genre. But like. You know, people are always like, oh, yeah, you should listen to. And I'm like, no, I'm just I'll, I'll try it. And then I was like, oh, no. I don't this even is- think I've heard of Deathcore until this conversation right now. Like black metal. OK, metalcore. OK, metal. What separates Deathcore? Like what's the defining characteristics? So like for death metal to death. So like, well, I mean, like uh, breakdowns, I would say, like, yeah. whereas like death metal bands aren't like doing like, I don't know, going trying to put as much space in between notes as possible yeah i feel like death tech like death metal and tech death is all about like pushing limits and uh you know as musicians and musically sonically all that type of stuff whereas deathcore is like blast beats and breakdowns yeah see i think i could get into that because my beef with metal and black metal and all that stuff is that it's just you know it's just like that one drum beat i need a i need breakdowns i'm a hardcore kid at heart so oh, that's yeah yeah so but then you get some of the deathcore stuff gets real um it gets corny and it, like it gets, it's very there's like a real bro kind of culture around yeah. it too which is really definitely not my scene and like as soon as i see like there was a band when i was teaching i remember this we had this one kid that was like super into like all kinds of crazy death metal and stuff like that but he would always be like you got to listen to this band and it was uh carnifex yeah 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 and it was like not a lot of it but there's a lot there was a whole section of it that was just like the big on those like pig squeal kind of vocals and like uh very choppy parts like it's 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 hard to kind of like put your finger on it but like as soon as i i, I was listening to it he was like you gotta hit to this uh, this other band i think it was called annotation for an autopsy. annotations of an autopsy there you go and, <laughs> yeah. and, and i was like i was like i don't I, 
it was the first time I heard something that I, I knew I should like it, but there was just something I was just like, no, I don't like this. I, it just, it reminded me of like, uh, and I, I think a part of it was like the kid I was teaching was like, and like the big, what do you call it, the ear gauges? Oh, and yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, he, he just looked like, like mall metal kind of kid. He looked kid. like a deathcore kid, I bet. Like, yeah. And <laughs> like, it was, did he have snake bites? Yes. Yeah, yeah like, snake bites and uh, super tight pants, white belt, uh, extra extra small t shirt. Like, uh, when was this? This is what t- what time oh, frame was this? I this I taught him in two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Okay, I was about to say, I was like, this sounds like when I was a kid. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I, I I'm pushing forty right now, Peo. So, oh shit, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm old. <laughs> I'm about to be 29, but uh, yeah, that sounds like me in high school. <laughs> like, uh, minus the the snake bites, I wasn't allowed to have piercings in a as a kid. Did you have like a real strict upbringing? It's, it, okay, it's super. It's hard to explain. It's weird. There was like these mad weird rules. Like, I didn't pick out my own. Like, my mom wouldn't let me like pick my own clothes until I was in high school. Like, I, I couldn't get a band T-shirt. Like, but I got my first band. I got my first band T-shirt the summer of eighth grade and it was a slayer mm-hmm. t-shirt it was a uh, live undead i remember yeah i remember that i was like i finally can do that i can uh wasn't allowed to go to shows until high school uh what else like i, w- I would go to my brother's shows like either vfw hall type shows right okay. um but that was it that was like all i was allowed to go to i, I went to two concerts you know what i mean like i went yeah. and saw like um van halen and then i went and saw like bon jovi uh as a kid um nice. but like yeah wasn't allowed to go uh to shows or wear band shirts or wear like the tight pants or try to be cool while all of my friends are like you know getting into like from autumn to ashes or funeral for a friend or i don't know or even like heavier stuff like black dye murder oh man i remember first listening to black dye murder so good <laughs> so why weren't you allowed was it just like a kind of a strict upbringing type of deal <sighs> Bro, so that's the thing was like, I mean, like kind of, but like at the same time, my parents were like, get the fuck out of the house and like go run around, but be, be home at like nine. Right. But like, I don't give a shit what you do. Just be home at this time. Yeah. Um. So it was like, it was strict, but I don't know how to, it was weird because I wasn't really, I wouldn't consider, consider myself like sheltered or mm-hmm. that. Cause like, you know, we'd be playing like. This is this is the type of shit that don't make sense. I always like asked my mom like, why would why can I play GTA and I'm in fi- like fifth grade but I can't get a band T-shirt? I'm <laughs> like, <laughs> playing Mortal Kombat, ripping dudes' heads off their like spine. Yeah, but I can't just get a band T-shirt. What's going on here? Um, so it was like weird. It's just like some things just didn't make sense. I don't know. You know, I get I get what you mean because I remember being six years old and watching Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, like the craziest stuff. But if anything had any nudity, I was not allowed anywhere near it. Just brutal violence, okay? Nudity, forget it. Oh yeah, that that same here, same here for sure. I remember it was like like I, I could like. It got to the point where I was like watching South Park and I was I'm like maybe in like what fourth, fifth grade. Yeah, I started playing I got my first snare drum in fourth grade. So yeah, that sounds about right. I don't know. So like strict, but also not strict in, in certain ways. It's just weird shit. I don't know. So you yeah, you played drums since you were young. When did you kind of start playing in bands? 
I started my first, so like growing up, uh, like, you know, I did the whole band thing, right? Um, mm-hmm. Concert band, marching band, jazz band, you name it. My best friend was a saxophone player. And even though, so my older, all my older brothers, I'm the youngest of four and all of my older brothers played. My oldest brother went to Berkeley, right? For guitar. Mm-hmm. And he like refused to jam with me. Um, <laughs> and so when I first started playing in bands and playing on my own was I started a band when I think I was 16. It was, I'm not even going to say the name because I'm going to keep it on some Nardwar shit. God, it's embarrassing because it's so easy to find. Um, <laughs> and I swear to God, I bet someone's going to find it after this. Yeah. So I started this band with like, I literally like skipped all my classes and uh, was like, I got told of like who plays guitar and like likes metal and shit. So I like and found out their schedule um, and I like would just walk into the class. I was like, hey, I need to talk to this kid real quick. And so, yeah, I just like picked cherry picked all these kids and started this band. 16, I think my first show was, you know, it's crazy. I don't think I can remember my first. I know my like first real show all, totally on my own was at Rocco's in Manchester. I started playing shows probably like 2007 or eight. And you were allowed to wear band shirts by the time you played the shows, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, so no, yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. At that point, it was just like my, my parents gave up. Once like I started, like, you know, my friends could drive and stuff like that. It was over. I was just like, I'm not coming home. I'm going to go play shows. I'm going to go go to a show. I'm going to go hang out somewhere and I'll be home tomorrow type shit. Were your friends in high school into heavier stuff like from autumn to ashes and all the hardcore and metal type stuff? So yeah, like it was my, I was like friends with, uh, so that was, that's the weird thing too, is like being in band, you know, you have like a lot of, uh, the normies for mm-hmm. lack of a better term. Right. So they like, ah, oh, man, you know, what's so weird is this is a tangent real quick, but, uh, just people who play instruments. Right. But like, don't like music is the most confusing thing to me. I've seen yeah. that a lot. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so I had all my friends, there was like in, in school there was like this uh i don't know it was a very clicky right and there was just like one like weird hallway it was like a dead end didn't have anything um that's just like where all like the metal goth uh even like the, the like the five finger death punch disturbed kids would hang out yeah that's the, that hallway is where i want to be yeah that's ex- exactly like the anime kids are there too so it's like you know it's crazy in there it's like kids kids are going wild at 7 a.m for no reason but um (laughs) um yeah so like i had this one friend uh that i would bounce off like um all like the extreme metal stuff with and then i actually one of my friends i went to high school with uh hazel um we actually ended up moving to philly at the same time totally uh coincidentally you know what i mean had no idea and they would uh they would always bring me to like the metal shows so like the like um, they had like a, a serious thrash phase and like a folk metal phase. Um, <laughs> so, like, it was it was funny. So like I've seen in Sifrum and uh, like uh, what's oh, Corpaclani went to like Pagan Fest and things like that. But I've also seen like Warbringer and like uh, Toxic Holocaust and shit like that. But yeah, uh, that's a super super huge tangent. So like yeah, I had like I had friends that I like definitely helps me uh find more metal bands and stuff like that see i like that because i went to a catholic school in kind of a affluent town in bucks county and i think there was maybe four kids into punk and hardcore in the in the whole school 
and I was one of them. But if you, li- I don't know, like if you were a music guy or especially like into punk, you were a freak, you were an outcast. So when I hear that people were bonding together over this music in high school, I'm like, man, that's awesome. I wish I had that. Yeah, dude, I'm sorry that you did. Yeah, it was like, I feel like when I, especially where I lived, um, when I, like in so Pepperell specifically, there is like, there was just like this like uh, culture, I guess in like in that 07, I would say 04 to 09 time period uh you know local music communities were really thriving and people really you know with myspace you could like find your favorite band in two seconds and like it was a little bit more rewarding whereas like facebook you get like 20 bands sending you stuff and it's mad annoying yeah i never took to the uh music on facebook format i feel that myspace did it much much better i i think they crushed it and they they just it was so good and I feel like that was, that's the thing. It was like too good. So they had like someone had to get rid of it type thing. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think like, cause it was weird as towards the end of me getting out of high school is like, there was a lot less kids like me coming through, you know? Uh, and like everyone started listening to like country. Like I had like some of my friends that showed me all of my favorite bands, like aren't even listening to that music anymore. And I'm like, you're that's fucking weird. I absolutely like i listen to this band every day and you're the person that showed me that and you don't even like like metal anymore what do you mean yeah um so i did notice like this weird cultural shift like that um so i feel like maybe i don't know then again there's so much access to everything nowadays you can find whatever you want in like two seconds yeah remember like having to take a chance buying a cd and you hope you like it (laughs) oh my god okay i've i've done that a few times and I was just like, I'm never doing this shit again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yo, it's like my last fifteen dollars. It's such a gamble. Right? It's such a gamble. Fucking I remember, okay, this is no I don't think that would ever happen. It's like uh Trivium, the Crusade. I like the record now. I don't like it that much, but I still like it. But when I got that shit, Trivium was like my favorite metal band when I was in like sixth to eighth grade. So it was my AAM name <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> nice yeah i um i went and bought the crusade i literally like i like had my brother like drive me like we left school early because i was like my favorite band bro i bought the cd i put it in and i was like what the fuck is this i'm never i'm never spending my like hard-earned cash on a goddamn cd the day it comes out ever again <laughs> <laughs> like it was weird because like going for I don't know if you guys ever listened to that band. They're like it's just like super super good metalcore, like uh thousands metalcore, you know what I mean? Two thousands yeah, metalcore. Yeah. Just like, you know, nicely packaged and stuff and like uh like like an emo edge to it. So it was like right up my alley. Um yeah. and uh yeah, they went from that to like trying because like Dimebag died, right? So like they they got like super ripped and started playing like fucking Dean guitars and shit and like <laughs> playing thrash riffs. And I was like, yo, this they have this song. Like, of course, like every fucking band trying to sell mad records, they have a song called Anthem, right? And um <laughs> yo, oh God, it's it's just so like, I don't know, like festival metal in it. Yeah. Yeah, I th- there was a there was a shift 
for a while where a lot of bands I feel like tried to sound like Pantera or kind of this southern groove type of thing that was happening in metal. It happened for like a minute and then it stopped. And, you know, I don't know. It was never really my thing. Like Throwdown, they kind of went, they went from like Throwdown and then they had that last record where they just sounded kind of like Pantera. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, like that's that's crazy to bring it up. Yeah, like they they were, they were like this like straight edge metalcore hardcore band, and it's like okay, yeah, everyone is just kind of biting Pantera because Dimebag died. That's kind of weird. It's like, I mean, I love I, I, Pantera is one of the bands like you know influenced me for music for sure. You know, despite all the overt racism. Uh, yeah we all yeah. like we always bring that up like when people like because pantera people like that was like their foray into like heavier music but we're like yeah it is what it is <laughs> you really got to separate the music from the rest of them yeah yeah like yeah. it's like it's crazy because like my favorite part is like i so i'm like fucking i fucking love pantera but when you have some like dickhead pantera fan who's like if Dimebag was alive today, it's like, bro, you won. You're a dickhead for saying that too. <laughs> like, you don't know Dimebag, you fucking piece <laughs> of shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, it's like you're just assuming this shit. Like that dude, I don't know. That dude was probably hella racist. I feel like you kind of gotta be if you're, you know, <laughs> I don't even making that kind of music. But like, yo, the breakdowns, like Vinnie Paul with becoming, like. Oh the doubles God. like on the, the kick feet, drum dude the fe- i can't even play the feet part like with my fingers like just tapping <laughs> it out like i always hear that part and i'm like you're like how the fuck does he do that that's like, what i'm I, saying and he released that shit in like what 92 94 yep like yeah people weren't doing that like he literally no. put like that's why i love pantera so much is like they like in the writing itself and like like, yeah, he's not, like, the fastest dude. He's not blast-beating, but, like, he did some crazy shit. They're never, they're not, like, they rarely play 4-4 unless they're doing, like, a breakdown. Or, like, they're just grooving mad hard and this, like, they're, like, I don't know, man. What is it? What's, uh... Like, Domination's 4-4, like, the breakdown. Oh, yeah, for yeah, sure. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, when they're doing the fucking, like, punk shit, you know, strength beyond strength, so good. Like, <laughs> that is an ass-beater way to, to just start the record. Like, oh, my God. Did it? Oh my god! Just punk beat, fucking. <laughs> and, that's, and it was like I feel like they just like kind of like laid the blueprints of like here's how to do aggressive music. Like it hadn't been done that way, and um, like aggressive metal, I guess. Like you know, you right. had like Slayer and stuff, but it was like I don't know. That's like Satan metal, and then you got Metallica, which is like uh bar metal you know what yeah. i mean like bro that's, a good way of call, that's a really good way of going like that's you got bar metal and thrashier satan metal and but pantera was more kind of like the modern like fight metal like like yo there's this video i remember it's like stuck in my head it's like phil and selmo is telling everyone to punch every crowd surfer in the back of the skull as hard as they can <laughs> i'm just like <laughs> That's the craziest shit I've ever heard. Like, who, like, usually singers are like, yeah, I want to see more of that, more crowd surfing. And this dude is just like, <laughs> punch them all in the fucking skull. I'm like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, dude. So, like, oh my that God. Shit always like stuck with me. I was like, man, this is like just pure aggression and 
power in what was but and then the skill is what really like oh yeah that was like what did it for me i was like and they're good and they're like mad good musicians so it's like damn you can't deny this shit but um i digress pantera is sick but yeah they're racist as fuck (laughs) (laughs) so pale so how how do you end up in massachusetts down to philly all right this is a big one um So I, so I was playing the the band I was playing in at that time uh, from 2010 2015. It's called Dead Ocean. Uh, we, oh God, you know what? I'm gonna go back further or a little bit. Yeah. Um. So I was starting to manage bands. You know, trying to test the water, seeing like how because I was doing a lot for my own band, and I was like, okay, this is working. Maybe I can do it with another band and not have to do the shows. You know, so there's this band called crisis ad uh from maine um that i started like representing and then uh, i was like you know I'm, I'm gonna book them too i was there i was everything i was like the manager the booking agent i like did everything um so i booked this tour and it's like february for february or something like that um for crisis ad i ended up getting this philly show in diamond street right next to temple like right next to the 7-eleven the kid didn't even like I we pull up, right? It's like in the middle of the tour. He's like, Oh, I uh I didn't even like make a Facebook event or anything, or like didn't I didn't promote the show. I forgot that there was a show happening today. I was like, Oh, sick. So <laughs> um we ba- we made a Facebook event and then like started pushing it as hard as we could. And my buddy, uh Wes from this band called Beyond Dishonor, hits up this dude Dom is like, Hey, go to the show and meet this guy. And like that guy with me. Um, and so, uh, I'm just chilling at the show in this person's house on their couch. And, uh, I'm looking around trying to find someone who smokes weed. Cause it looks like no one did. And, um, I find the one person who does cause they're wearing like a, a he, he tells me not to say this part. <laughs> But (laughs) the time frame it was 2015, so apparently it was it was before they got canceled. But he was wearing a gift giver uh, windbreaker, and I was like, "Oh, I know that kid smokes weed." So I go up and like, "Hey, man, I've got I've got weed, but no bowl." And he's like, "Well, I got a bowl, no weed. Let's like let's go smoke." And so I start talking to him, and it turns out it's the kid that was that my friend sent to the show. He starts telling me, "He's like, yeah, like you know, I book shows, yada yada." I was like, "Oh, cool, I'm the." I'm the tour manager of this. I booked this tour. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, Oh, cool. Um, I was like, yeah, watch crisis AD. Let me know what you think. And how, how Dom works is, uh, if he doesn't like your band, he just won't tell you, he'll just not talk to you again. Um, but so as, as soon as the set was over, he comes, comes up to me. He's like, yo, I want to book this band. I got the perfect show for you. He's like already ready for it. It's like, I'll be talking to you soon. So I was like, word. So I booked crisis again um with dom so i booked him with dom this time at an actual venue at, uh it was at the trocadero um lit as fuck show dom kicked ass and that's where i met peter the vocalist and um this is all every time every time it's like peter like fucking kind of cool guy me a little and <laughs> <laughs> how so like so like uh so i met peter's brother first actually and i was i was like talking to mike and i was like Hey Mike, who is the person that I need to know in Philly? Because I'm like, you know, I'm still trying to make connections. I guess that's my job as the tour manager, manager, right? Right. So Mike goes, Oh, 
my brother. He books like a ton of shows around here. You definitely need to meet my brother. And I was like, oh, okay. Mike introduces me and Peter goes, hey, what's up? And then just like turns around. Ooh. <laughs> and then like they're all talking about anime and I'm stoked. And um, so I was like, oh, I'm going to get involved in this conversation. And, you know, Peter like straight up kind of boxed me out. <laughs> he, like straight up. I, was, I didn't, I wasn't even going to like take an offense to it. But I, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to. It's fine. I get it. I'm like the the new weird dude from Massachusetts, like walking in on someone else's circle. I'm, I'm you know, I just got to play it cool. The show goes well. And then Dom's like, hey, I want your band. So I was like, all right, cool. Like, let's let's book my band. So this that show was July. This next show, uh, the one that Dom wanted my band on is October. I think it's October 19th or 18th of 2015. Uh, I bought a van. And took it off the lot that day, drove it down to Pennsylvania or tried to, and it died on the Jersey Turnpike, like the engine oh, seats. No. Yeah. <laughs> on our way to the show, like super, super late, had to take two tow trucks and an Uber to get to the venue. And um, the show it was uh, Dead Ocean versus Kaunashi. And it was at Voltage Lounge. And I walk into, I was like, it was like a Tuesday. And I'm just like, so done i was just like fuck this it's like tuesday at like nine it's gonna be a shot ass show i walk in there's like no one smoking cigarettes out on the sidewalk so i thought like you know no one's even here i walk in the venue and people are just like 300 people just beating each other's asses <laughs> i just like literally have no idea what's going on i was like what like who is this band what is actually happening right now and they were super sweet enough to like uh, let us use all their gear so we didn't have to like bring all of our shit in um, because of all the because we were so goddamn late. Yeah, but I just like watched Kaunashi play and I was so confused and like I just didn't understand because it was like this weird music and people just literally swinging for the fences at each other. And like I'm like it's Tuesday night. What? <laughs> we all got work or something. Like what the fuck? And uh, yeah, so that's that's uh, Peter proceeds to charity mosh for my band, which we play the worst fucking set I've ever played in my life. Like, dude, it was so bad. Like, no one was happy. Everyone was fucking just being a bitch. Um, and Peter charity moshed. It was great. Fast forward. Two months, um, Peter posts a status being like, hey, my band's playing Massachusetts. Can someone fill in on drums? It's just three songs, please. So I messaged Peter. I was like, hey, I'll do it. And he's like, okay. And that was it. There was like no like screening process. Like I didn't even practice with uh, with them. Like we just met at the venue. I was like, I'm going to be totally honest with y'all. I didn't learn like any of the double bass parts. I'm literally going to play just like snare. I mean, a kick, snare, <laughs> kick, snare. Um, wicked bad set, but it was super fun. They were so nice. Oh, man, I go up to uh, Alex. When I first met Alex, I was like, hey, man, do you like want to like run through the songs? Do you, do you need to practice or something? He's like, no, nah, I'm good, but like we're, we have a fill-in drummer. He might want to practice. And I was like, yeah, dude, do you want to go practice? <laughs> he's like, dude, I'm good. I don't, what are you asking me? And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with this kid? And he's just like, <laughs> which is so crazy. So I thought this kid, like, I thought he was just like super stupid. And turns out he's like one of the most big brain people I've ever met. Um, hilarious. But uh, 
So I fill in and then I quit my band, Dead Ocean, on uh, January 1st, 2016. I hit up Peter. I'm like, hey, man, I quit my band. I know you have drummer problems right now. I will literally be your drummer. I have a van and trailer. Let's do it. And he doesn't respond back to me until like two days before a record release show. And he's like, hey, can you learn this whole record that we're about to release um, <laughs> and then play this headlining set that's like sold out? I was like, yeah, I, I, I can do that. <laughs> and I clearly couldn't because there's fucking video proof on YouTube. Um, oh. <laughs> dude, yo, I fucked up so bad. Like that's 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 probably also one of the worst sets I ever played too. But uh, yeah, after that, they were like, yeah, that was awesome. Like you're in the band. And I was like, what? Wow. <laughs> I was like so surprised. Like, man, your standards are pretty low, huh? Um, you know, yeah. that's a big move to, uh, I like, I like the bold moves because I always respect that because I was just never that person. I was always so afraid and I, I was just always paralyzed by fear and I, I couldn't take action a lot of times, but Peter big times you and you still like push your way into the conversation and then you take this chance and you you quit your band and you just message them it, like their drummer's not even out yet and you're like yo like I'm ready to go let's do this thing yeah it was it was I was like so I quit my band because they kind of like well I found out that they were practicing with this other drummer mm-hmm. behind me on my kit like with my gear and all this Ooh, that whoa that's yeah. like that's like being cheated on that's so wrong. Oh, it was, it was awful. And I was just like, and also I had like, you know, I paid for everything. I was the one that bought the van and everything, you know? Yeah. Um, And so I found out that was how I was like, you know what? I'm not going to get kicked out. I'm going to quit this bitch. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So I, uh, and and also my band like left me in New Hampshire on New Year's Eve, like hours away from my home. So I was like, yeah, they can get fucked. Yes. it, it, It literally was just this like perfect, like uh you know meeting of like the perfect storm sort of bit where like i was you know i just quit like i i didn't go to college or nothing i like graduated high school didn't make it to berkeley so i was like i was definitely like the letdown uh you know disappointment so i was like fuck it i'm just gonna join a band and hit the road so that's what i did so i put like all of like what i had known of what, what my adult life was and i just like threw it away one day and was like i was so i was already crazy enough to fucking go anywhere so i was like fuck i'll go to fucking philly let's do it i I don't care what's the worst that can happen yeah Yeah, you mean you got you got to take chances in life you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take (laughs) wayne gretzky michael scott (laughs) (laughs) exactly i'm I'm not even a sports guy i just hear people say it all the time so you know i was struck the same way you were peo the first time i heard keonashi Tommy and I went to This Is Hardcore, and it was one of the first bands we saw, and it was just, it was unlike anything I had ever heard before, and it was so different from any of the other bands on the This Is Hardcore bill, and I was watching them, and I was like, man, this is like, this is really interesting stuff. It was, we walked into the breakdown from one of the songs, and it was just fucking brutal and it was like you know peter's up on stage like spinning around i was like holy shit and the other thing was is that i don't know if this was you guys had just gotten on equal vision but uh it looked like you guys handed out blue sweatshirts to everybody that had evr logos on the back and every single person with wearing one of those was just beating the shit out of everybody in the pit it was fucking hilarious yeah that's so like that was uh that's awesome, by the way. Thank you so much. Like, that's exactly like 
that oh shit moment was like what am i watching is like the one of my favorite things like when i walk no matter what band it is you know what i mean like it, it i got one of those moments the other night there's this really not to to change the subject but i want to shut out this band really quick there's this band i saw called carnivorous bells really weird band name but they're like post jazzy post hardcore it's like a progressive super progressive uh drug church it's really cool but um yeah that's like that oh shit moment what the what the fuck am i watching um but yeah that that was we handed out these hoodies um to go with the concept record that we have and on top of it that was like how we were announcing that we signed to equal vision like three days later there was like the official press release so like it was like which i feel like at the same time it like if you didn't know us at all like the background to us like you're just like oh this band's just clearly signed to equal vision like, <laughs> it's like this isn't an announcement this is just clearly some little bit here but yeah that was like our announcement um that's how we were doing that. what a great way to announce yeah. <laughs> thank you thank it was you. like there was like just constantly people in blue sweatshirts getting up on stage and stage diving it was fucking hilarious it was really great it was a great intro to the band too because we walked in and it was like you guys had just started hindsight and i was like fuck dude this band is really good and i'd honestly had never heard of you guys before but i was just blown away absolutely thank blown you. away yeah oh yeah that rules that that makes me happy <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, you know, I I was reading a lot about the band, and one article said, it doesn't sound like a revival of 2000s post-hardcore. It sounds like the future. And I agree with that big time for your your latest record, Dear Lemon House, You Ruined Me Senior Year. There's so many interesting elements in this thing. You know, there's your straight-up, like, hardcore. There's some post-hardcore. There's uh, a lot of the band has cited Coheed as an influence, so you have almost like that uh, operatic rock stuff going on, too. Even some, like, kind of drum and bass parts. There's a lot of really interesting elements going into this thing. What's uh, what's some of the music that personally inspired you as uh, as this thing was getting written? That's that's not funny that you say drum and bass, because, like, I hope it's, it's a part that I'm thinking. So, for me personally, I was listening to... I mean, we all listened to Coheed when we wrote the record we were watching we like we watched every coheed documentary just i don't know why we 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 fucking love that band but um i was no that band is uh just a brief aside that band is is legendary we watched them grow like i saw some of their first shows one of our best friends used to tour manage for them so oh man i i've been i've been a fan of theirs since the first lp and i think they're hugely influential yeah that was like that band so i was yeah my so you know, being the youngest of musical brothers, I was super fortunate. Whereas like when when I knew my brothers weren't home, I was like, Oh, they're at a show. So I'd stay up all night and like wait to find out what band they saw. And yo, the first when they came home from seeing Coheed and Cambria, it was like my literally entire life changed. They stayed up all night playing second stage, just like over and over. And like S was like, Yeah, this had to have been like sixth grade for me. So that's like uh what 2003 i think or four something like that i found out about funeral for a friend and coheed in the same day and that shit was just so crazy that like so monumental it's a huge influence on our like um our like structures of songs our how we approach melodies uh how we approach timing and just how we approach writing the story and stuff like that um 
super huge influence um but yeah so to, aside from that I, I fucking love that band when we signed with equal vision um dan gave us all uh uh dan gave us all the the like, um the second stage never ender like movie posters signed oh, by shit. them that was like they're like the ones that were at the venue so it's like super cool little tidbit thing and then like there was this yo this other flyer that he gave us was uh an evr showcase in 2002 and the headliner was american nightmare it was like hope conspiracy oh man what was it uh there was like two other bands i think converge was on that converge was on it right yeah Yeah. verge was on it and then the opener was coheed and cambria oh my god the very first band of this stacked bill and it's just so crazy to look at it's like such an inspirational thing to look at it's like that band is literally the biggest band on that flyer like and they opened that and so i love looking at that flyer but yeah so i was listening to a lot of return to forever if you like jazz fusion at all i so that the drum and bass thing is so like i hope it's you're like referring to the single scooter um yes yeah, like so I originally wanted that song to be like this jazz fusion thing and then it just became a post hardcore song. Um but I wanted it to be this like weird weird song that just it didn't happen that way. But hell yeah, thank you so much for hearing that. <laughs> Cuz that's what I was trying to convey. It's also in the the song prior in Fuck Temple. I know Peter was listening to a lot of I mean, he's always listening to like Kanye especially when writing I don't know. We all just like wrote it together. That's also another thing is like we wrote this together, um, like truly together. Whereas like our older stuff was, yeah, uh, you know, uh, the recording file, sending it over and back and forth type of thing, sitting at the computer, writing it. Whereas this was, uh, our, all of our instruments in hand and just going for it. That's great. And how do you mix in when you're writing? How do you mix in some of the other non-traditional instrument elements do you have like keys set up and different things in the practice space or does that come in later like uh kind of the drum and bass or electronic sounding stuff or like the the more synthy or key stuff or anything outside of your typical guitar and drums okay so funny enough we we did have like a keyboard set up there's this part in oh my god i can't remember what song it is i think it's counselors it was originally supposed it was like the saxophone setting on our keyboard because yeah. we were literally like, yo, there's so many parts on the record that we wrote because we were literally just laughing and having a good time about it, like literally making <laughs> jokes. So it's supposed to be like a like an 80s sax, like solo thing. And it just turned into a guitar that's just like really processed through. Like I know Alex is like obsessed with the, the Helix, like the Line 6 Helix. And that does a lot of this crazy stuff for him. There's like very little keyboard stuff. It's all mostly guitars. There's like one piano part that August recorded on like some actual piano or something. But yeah, there's very little, uh, you know, effects when it comes to that. It's all done with guitar. If it is, um, there's like this thing, the Ebo, they use that on the record and do some really weird shit with that. But yeah, all, all the guitar. I wish I could answer that one a little bit better with guitars at least, but unfortunately I play drums. Um, <laughs> So you have a song on the the latest LP called Fuck Temple University. Do we not like Temple? Um, well, I mean, yeah, fuck Temple University because like they're absolutely just ruining North Philly and gentrifying the hell out of it and destroying the housing market for, you know, people that need housing and then making more people homeless and just further creating the gap of, you know, um, the poverty gap. You know what I mean? 
Uh, yeah, that was happening. Even I used to hang out down there in like 2003, just going absolutely wild, and that was even happening back then. Yeah, it's and it's so crazy because like I, you know, when I was living uh, with Peter's family up in North, it was like it was where we were just over like the the gentrification line. You know what I mean? And then, uh, you know, I moved away for like two years, and now it's like, oh wow, this is really fucking different. And it's only been two years. It's really crazy to see. It's like, uh, I don't know. And then they, I mean, we, we can talk about all that, but yeah, fuck temple. But the real like thing about it, I was like, I don't know me. Like I never really was uh, a school. Like I was never good at school. Um, I was not, not to say that I'm like stupid or anything. I just like didn't give a shit about school and that's not like the way I learn. So it's really more so about like, I mean, also like Philadelphia, it's like, it's like the temple pipeline, right? You, you go to school, you go to high school in Philly, and if you go to college, you're probably going to Temple or Drexel or something. If you got money, you're going to Drexel. And then if not, you, you're going to Temple, right? Or it's like, you know, all the, I don't know, you know what I mean? So it's just like this, like, it, there's so much to it, but it's more so just like, fuck college, fuck uh, being kind of fed up with all that, like these uh, expectations. But yeah, sorry to go further into the answer. <laughs> no, no, that we we want that. That's good stuff. I'm with you. I I never liked school ever. I never fit in. Uh I was never comfortable there. I barely graduated high school. I ended up dropping out of college to go on tour with a friend's band and which was fine cuz I was failing out anyway. So school was not the path for me. I found my way outside of school big time. Oh yeah, exactly. Like that that rules that you left college to go to go tour that's like what better thing to do right um exactly but yeah i was yeah exactly like i same here like i i graduated high school with like a a 1.2 they like literally pushed me out of that shit like i remember i was trying to get in trouble because i just wanted to get suspended so i didn't have to go to school <laughs> and like yeah i would i would visibly skip i'd like leave the high school through the places that had cameras and they I remember them brought me in. I was like, is this you? And I was like, oh, shucks. Yeah, that's me, guys. And they're like, okay, don't do it again. I was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's really just about like, fuck school, man. That's, that's, that's what it's really about. But also, fuck Temple. So how did you fare during the pandemic? Did you guys have to sit on the record for a while waiting for the music industry to start back up? Uh, yeah, so I mean, it was a mixture of things. So we actually, yeah, we had this album recorded it was finished recording, I think, February 2020 or January 2020. We had it all written. Oh, yeah. January 2020 was vocals were done, done. We did like we were going to wait and then we wanted to drop it way sooner. But we just like, you know, we were trying to do the music videos at first, you know, and that got really tough. Like we couldn't even like get into places to do music videos for at least like six or seven months. Even still, we the the... The music video we did, most of it was filmed literally around my like neighborhood. So, you know, it was like you're just trying to figure out how to make it work. Yeah, we did. We filmed that music video this year, too. Um, that was also another thing, just trying to find someone that could do it. Find the time the, and all this stuff and the, the restrictions. Like, I remember we were supposed to have drone shots for the music video. And there was like some drone restrictions. So we didn't even get that. You know what I mean? There's. It's always just something. So um, we did wait, but I don't think it was like we're wait. We didn't wait till things were opening up. I was literally just like uh, uh, coincidental. 
Yeah. So like, it wasn't like, okay, we're going to drop it because everything's opening. We were just like, we were just trying to push it out ASAP no matter what. So it wasn't so much that we were sitting on it because we wanted to wait for tour or nothing. Just COVID made it harder for us to do it, if anything. So how does it feel now? You got the record out. We hopefully have some exciting things on the horizon. You're on Equal Vision Records, a legendary label who Coheed and Cambria also released their first two records on. How does that all feel? It's insane. Like, this is like, yeah, like, as I said earlier, like, you know, I'd wait all night and like watch. I would like... I don't know about y'all, but like, I'm sure you, you, you come from that time period. It's like you would study the CD booklet, you know? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh right? yeah. And like you would look at like who, who produced it. You'd look at the thank yous and like read the random names of people you would never know. So, you know, I would, I've been, you know, since a kid seeing the box logo for EVR, like, you know, on bands like the fall of Troy and like fear before and stuff like that. And just seeing that logo. And then now it's like I get to have my own CD and I get to do the same thing with my own CD with the box logo. It's the craziest feeling, literally, uh, which is weird. They say it's like a childhood dream, but it's a childhood dream like just checked off. It's an incredible feeling, man. It's insane. Yeah. And to get to make music videos, too, and all that stuff, that's literally my childhood dream, like all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. It's like I, I don't even know. It's like I don't have I don't I literally don't have words for it. It's so it's fulfilling. I like uh it's it's surreal. It it's almost unreal. You know what I mean? I feel like it's I feel like it's not happening sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you ever feel like like it's like a house of toothpicks thing? You're like, "Oh, I I I can't say or do one little wrong thing or the whole thing is going to come down." I feel like that a lot. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's fair. I definitely, I mean, there's one time if you go on the Twitter, I don't know, it might be deleted because I know people got mad at me. <laughs> but uh, I was literally, because talking about like sitting on the record, I was like, I'm just going to leak this fucking record. I'm just going to do it. And I just tweeted that out. I was like, I'm leaking this fucking record. And, uh, <laughs> you know, people got, you know, the label wasn't too happy about that. <laughs> but uh, so, but I don't know. I, um, I definitely is like, you know, the all eyes on me type of thing at points where... It it does feel like, you know, anxious and there's a lot of pressure and stuff like that. Yeah, because like, like, I don't want to leak things too early or I don't want to say the wrong thing or I don't, I don't know. I just don't want to like blow it in some way. I feel like that a lot in terms of this podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I feel like, yeah, it's like, yeah, I, I feel like that those moments always happen when it's like you're not even thinking about it. But uh, yeah, yeah, I don't definitely I try my hardest not to leak anything. Um especially we do so much like in there's so many things involved with the music and the concept and like what we put into our art and our merch and so we we have to be especially i've seen people i started like sharing ideas and i started seeing those people i shared it with bite my idea so oh. i was like okay yeah you know that's why i never i i keep things very very close to the vest like like if there's a girl i like someone will be like who is it and i'll be like i'm not telling you you know <laughs> or like if i have a good idea i'm like i go to tell somebody and i'm like uh and then i stop myself cuz i'm like no why would i give that away right yeah i i i learned i learned that uh recently that i should just you know not give out free free game right when this podcast was first happening like i i would find myself going to say to people like like i'm going to tell them what i'm doing and then i was like wait no don't because then they're going to go do it. Yeah, like they're going to go do it. And then, or on top of it, if it's someone like 
just to add another layer is like if it's someone that could listen to it you know it's like you kind of just ruined all the magic of it right yes so it's like i i think a big thing that like a lot of people need to do especially in like the music world is like i hate seeing and i I, i've got friends that do is like big announcements coming soon like just just drop the album just fucking drop the music video just whatever you're doing just fucking do it and that's it like that's just that's all you gotta do (laughs) no dude i'm so with you on that that's the way to do it like the surprise drop is so incredible. Like, Hum surprise dropped an album last year, and it was their first album in, like... 20 years or something? Yeah, and just it was just like, boom, here's a new Hum album. I was like, what the fuck? Like, how am I even going to comprehend this? Rest in peace, Brian, for sure. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Super Huge, sad. huge loss. And I know, as a drummer, you've got to feel that, too, because when I think of the perfect drumming, when I think of my ideal drumming style, my ideal drummer... I think of Brian first every time. Yeah, like, yo, it's so good. It's just like, oh, man. Like, that's such a sad, sad thing. Like, so young, you know what I mean? It's like, which is like, you know, granted, not like, I don't know. It's when you hear like, so fucking even, I didn't realize, I thought Bismarck was older, but like, Bismarck dying at 57, like, yeah, shit, man. Like, that's crazy. As you get older, the the gap closes more like now i'm fo- i'm 39 now so i think 57 i'm like that's not that old that's not that far away that's 19 years from now <laughs> that's not that's all i have left fuck <laughs> right like that's like high like going through high school again like that's I, what's crazy is like i think about lifetimes almost in the sense of like the u.s school path of like 12 years oh well that's like you know when you're when you're at those like, that's also a crazy thing is like your perception of time and like relationship to time is so different because like when you know say when you're 16 you only have 16 years of experience and like your brain only can con- like like comprehend that so things seem so long yeah. you know what i mean and then once you start like now like i'm i'm about to be 29 it's like four years is not a lot of time at all like that's it goes by so fast like i've been in this band since 2016 right and like that's about to be six years ago and that like for me it's like i feel like i've been in the band for three you know yeah um you know what it's and it, as you're the younger you are the the weirder or the longer time period seem like my daughters we're gonna go down the shore uh the week of july 17th right my daughters every day are there i have twin seven-year-olds and it, it, the uh, the youngest one's about to be two like every day they're like how much longer is it to the shore and i'm like two more weeks oh my gosh really and in my head i'm going like do you understand how much planning has to go into this we have to buy enough food for 12 people for a week like we we have to pack all of your clothes do you pack your suitcase no okay well we got to do that so like in my head i'm going like shit there's only two weeks left we gotta fuck we have so much shit to do but to them it's like it's an eternity like they literally are like oh my god they just made a thing today where they're like they're checking days off on the calendar and they're like sitting there counting them they're like Oh, daddy, it's so long. And I'm like, you'd be surprised how fast it's going to go. So, Peo, you live in Philly. We got to talk sandwiches. Now, I I am a Philly native, but I live in Brooklyn now, and I cannot get a good sandwich up here. The real sandwiches are in Philly. What's your favorite sandwich? Favorite, like, spot or, like, my favorite just sandwich in, in general? Both. Okay, so, well, I mean, like, okay. Cheesesteak is good. Mad good, yeah. always. 
it's just a classic especially if you can like you know get the customization on it you're allowed to like fuck it up at the at the corner store then you know it's like what's up but uh if we're gonna talk about like spots specifically i gotta shout out wally's right next to my place um they hold it down like crazy they got this thing called the fiesta wrap it is it's like a corner store man this is like philly's got man like new england doesn't have corner stores like this man like you can't just you you can go get like the breakfast sandwich but it it sucks and it's not like good not like every corner store's got a kitchen in new england like that um but here it's crazy but wally's yo the fiesta wrap you get super good grilled chicken grilled uh jalapenos grilled onions lettuce tomato extra it comes with extra cheese which is crazy and like this crazy chipotle sauce um and fries and it's seven dollars really yeah and it's a large wrap it's not like they they do not hold back on it and yeah that was like when i first moved back that was my uh my diet for a while because <laughs> it's just like it's right there no matter what you you know, you can order like 10 sandwiches from this place right or you could order just one order of fries no matter what it is takes 20 minutes every time bro like i've ordered six things like okay buddy 20 minutes all right i love it what about favorite venue oh shit oh man so see now that's like that that one also has other categories too it's like yeah favorite man i don't know i think for me it's kung fu necktie because i i used to just raise a lot of hell there and i just have a lot of good memories there Uh, so i'm glad i I think they just said that kung fu necktie was coming back and i hope it does because I'm trying to play like every venue in Philly. Like that's my goal. Like at least like the 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 more notable ones. Like you know you got Barbary, the like Kung Fu Necktie. You got Voltage. You got Electric Factory, which we did right. Uh, I really really like Union Transfer. I haven't been to many shows there, and whenever I have, it's always I've always been like, uh, is a well I played there. You know we Kaunashi played there with a uh, Code Orange, so I was always on like that side of it. And that's like one of the nicest fucking venues I've ever played in my life. It's amazing. Sounds so good. Like it's super cool. Everyone's really nice there too. So that, but like to have, having a good time, man, voltage lounge is just like key, you know, like as like for you, Kung Fu neckties, that got a lot of memories for me. Voltage lounge is like plethora of memories. It's just like, uh, all of our, like, that's where Count Ashi, like, grinded out doing shows and you know what i mean like when i first joined so uh man yeah and like every band goes through there so tell us what's coming up next for the band um we are gonna be touring oh first unitarian church that's okay that's probably my favorite venue um oh man that place is just legendary legendary legendary. my most prominent memory is always uh, this is like before tickets and online and all that stuff. You just had to show up early as fuck and hope you got into the show. It was 1999. It was dead of winter. We're standing outside and it's dark and we're waiting to see Saves the Day, Newfound Glory, and Piebald. That was that was a fucking stacked show. That's fucking awesome, bro. That is a good show. Yeah, so we are going to be going on tour with Hail the Sun and Kurt Travis. In Body Thief, uh, starting, yeah, you know, Peter's gonna kill me. I think it's starting September fourteenth. 
Uh, starts in California, but we are playing Philadelphia at First Unitarian Church. Reason why I brought All it up. Right. Yeah, like finally getting to play it. I'm very excited. Uh, we're playing uh, October 2nd, uh, First Unitarian. Uh, but yeah, we're going to be doing that tour. It's like two months long, doing the whole US. We might go to Canada if we can go to Canada if they let us in with because of COVID or whatever. And that is it for Kaunashi right now. I, mm-hmm. I, that that I can say. Ah. So there's more. There's more, but it's all I can say. I'll give you I that. You. But for me, I'm I'm stupid busy and I'm stressed out a little bit. I've got um before that tour, I'm uh doing I'm filling in on drums for uh Thomas Rack from uh mm-hmm. Fall of Troy for his solo project. And that tour literally ends the day before the Kaunashi tour. Oh, and man. it ends in California. It's literally so perfect, but also I'm not going to be able to practice with my band before tour. So it the first day, it, oh my God, also terrifying. Chain Reaction, California, right? Yeah. Uh, we're, their first day is, I think it's sold out already. So that's going to be terrifying. You know, no practice whatsoever. Just going to, you know, wing it for the first day of tour. I can't Well, wait. you've done that before. I have. I literally have, have experience. Done that. It's not fun. I I fucking hate it. it. We've done uh why did you do it tour? We um we didn't get to practice either. So we practiced at Soundcheck. And uh we practiced two songs of the set and that was it. That's all we had time for. But it went okay. It went well. It went, I think it no, it was actually pretty bad, but it went well. <laughs> <laughs> We're opening up for Strawberry Girls. Mm-hmm. Um Strawberry Girls, Andres and a Marionette. Yeah, it's that's yo, it's California. I'm gonna say this on to everyone I can until I'm just bullying these California kids. Right, like these motherfuckers love rooting their tours so crazy. They start and end <laughs> in California every time, and like I get it because like California is huge, and like you want to end close to home. I totally get that, but taking out East Coast bands and doing that, like you could, you could have just at least ended it like in ohio or something like not ohio but like i don't know texas even fuck dude like it's like start and end in california so you're telling me i gotta i gotta drive around the whole country we could just do this once we don't gotta go like in circles yeah i've done like a straight drive well i wasn't driving but you know you're in the van from denver all the way back to pennsylvania basically that fucking sucks yeah, it's just fucking awful. I hate driving West Coast to East Coast. And so, like, obviously, we're going to be doing rooting dates on the way back. So uh, there will be some headlining dates for all you uh, cats out there listening. If you live in the middle of nowhere, we'll probably be there playing a show. Um, but, yeah, man, these fucking California motherfuckers need to knock it off. We don't do that. <laughs> we, don't, we don't, like, book a fucking tour. And it's like, yeah, it's going to start and end in Pennsylvania. That would sound like the most dickhead thing to do. like i don't know that's just me maybe we got it lucky because like in the east like uh you know state lines are only a few hours away where for them it's like six to eight hours to the next state yeah there's a lot more space yeah absolutely but god damn it just start booking pennsylvania to pennsylvania be like fuck it we're doing it now too you know what i think i am i'm gonna like purposely book california bands and do just give them their own treatment (laughs) 
Oh, okay. There is something, I guess, if I get like a little bit political, but not really. Uh, yes. I don't know if, if you heard about like Colombia and how things are going there, but basically their government is killing their people like crazy. We're going to be um, hosting shirts for this band, um, bands down out in Colombia. The Basically, they're trying to raise money to support like the efforts of what's going on down there. And it's crazy out in Colombia right now. Uh, yeah. The government's killing them. They've got no supplies. They don't get... Uh, the government's not supplying uh, vaccines or any, at least masks or anything. There's like nothing. Um, so Jesus. we had some like, you know, some fans of ours, like they put on this live stream event um, with all these Colombian bands and they asked us to be a part of it. So we obviously said yes. And um, so this is going to be our way of like, you know, doing what we can. We're going to be offering sure like shirts for these bands, you know, because like, why not? Why not put them on? I thought it'd be a cool idea. It's like, I don't want to sell a Kaunashi shirt for this. I would rather sell their bands. They came and reached out to us. Like, why not give them even more love, you know? That's nice. Where would we be able to pick up the shirts? You'll be able to get these. I believe that we're going to be doing these through merch now. All the money, they're not going to be taking a dime. All the money is going to be donated to them. Like, there'll be, you know, the transparency. There'll be, like, links explaining everything if... I'll send that to you or whoever. You'll see it on our on our pages and our socials. And that's it. I think that's all I have. Go listen to the record. Thank you for listening to this and me babble. And thank you for all my for letting me yeah just be an idiot. No man, it was an, it was a real pleasure talking to you. So we want to thank you for giving us the time to come on with and speak with us. We love the band and we think you've got a bright future. And we're looking forward to more. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that a lot. There you have it, folks. Peyo of Keonashi. That was a great conversation. We covered it all. He was a really nice person to talk to. It was nice to hear about his band, how he joined the band. And of course, I love talking to people who live in Philadelphia. I was interested in what he was up to, places that he eats. I miss it, Tommy. I miss it. Come home. (laughs) (laughs) I think about it, but I don't know. You know, it's just... I don't know. Actually, you know what's really cool about that conversation? And I I thought this was really nice. He openly went out and said, like, hey, you know, when I didn't get into Berkeley, I said, fuck it. And it was like, I keep thinking about people that I like, not that I know or, or, you know, personally, but when I hear someone goes to Berkeley, I'm like, what a great accomplishment. That's cool. That's really cool thing. And then when you look at it, you go. Okay, so what have they gotten from that? Like, this guy is on a podcast. He's produced, or I'm sorry, he's been a, a, a feature performer in so many different records. And it's like, did that degree do anything for him? Absolutely not. Like, he literally did it himself. And I'd love to hear stories about people that said, fuck my dream. Like, oh, I wanted to go here and I didn't get in. And I said, fuck it. Like, I'm going to make something of this. And I really appreciate when someone just sees like an obstacle and goes, I don't give a shit. I'm doing what I want to do. Like, that's really awesome. Yes. I love hearing that story because I never did that when I was younger. I was just too afraid. And remember, he said that uh, he figured out the kids in his class who played music and he he got their schedules and just went to the class and said, like, I need to talk to this kid. (laughs) 
(laughs) That's a bold move. I also like the fact that he's obviously like a music person. He knows music really like inside and out, especially the timing part of it. But he'll also go like, yeah, like when they were recording, like, you know, they're recording guitar parts. And I go, yeah, I don't know that part. (laughs) (laughs) He won't like he's he's not somebody that can, you know, do that thing where like, oh, well, I kind of know some of this and like pretend to like, you know, talk his way around like, oh, it was most of it was recorded in like you know seven sus g get the fuck out of here like he was just like no 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 like i i know the timing that goes along with this he's really a, a clearly a phenomenal player and on top of that a really nice person really nice person oh yeah a pleasure to talk to so thank you Peo. oh yeah so tommy as you know i spend a lot of time in my apartment on various computers and i've noticed this phenomenon on YouTube videos. Do you ever see this where it kind of becomes like a a place where people share all this deeply personal stuff? You know, do you do you read oh, the comment yeah, yeah, sections yeah. The com- of YouTube videos? Yeah, the comment sections of the uh, lo-fi hip hop are not fun. Yeah, like I I I I'll check out a video to hear a song or something else, and then I scroll. I always scroll through the comments, and sometimes people will write like the most touching stuff. Yeah, and it just it just kills me and i I have a couple examples here now (laughs) all right so this might get flagged for our youtube listeners so if it does i'm sorry you're just going to hear me talking um all right here's the first one this is the underwater music for mario 64 okay i just i just randomly thought of it and i was like i really want to hear that and someone did like a 10 hour mix of it on youtube Scrapper 9000, check it out. And it's just really touching music. Listen to this. It's beautiful. Yeah. And I start reading the comments. One person says, I just want to see my mom smile as I play this as a kid again. R.I.P. Mom, save a spot in the castle for me. Oh, God, that's killing me. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Jesus. Another one. My grandma got me and my brother this game as children. My home life was sometimes depressing. But she went out of her way in many occasions to make it good. Love you, Grandma Irma. R.I.P. 723-2020. Oh. And then <laughs> another person says, Hey guys, just coming by to tell everyone that it's okay to cry. If this song brings back good memories for you, and you feel like you need to cry because you miss them, then let it out. It's actually really good to cry every once in a while. Remember to hydrate afterwards. I like it. It's like a, it's like a microcosm of a support network or something. Like people just pick this random comment section to come in and let it all out. And uh, it, I think ca- that's a beautiful thing. The uh, the word I keep going back to is catharsis. It's cathartic. Like it's yeah. something that like you know what's funny though, and I feel free to cut this, but is this why you listen to video game music? Does it bring you back to happier times? Yes. It, Fucking a man. The whole connection to the the Nintendo and different video game things, it has become symbolic of the time when my older brother was alive and we all hung out and played video games together before, like, I don't know, before things got really crazy. Yeah. A lot of it is attached there. So it's like, it's like a thing now. And I have another example here. 
I have to brace myself for this one because this one's going to kill me, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay. All right. Hold on. Let me get water. God damn it, Keith. <sighs> Whenever I hear this, I I think of my friend Oren. I don't, I don't know. How, this, this became like a serious attachment. My friend Oren died of an overdose back in 2018, I think it was. June, May or June of 2018. And we used to like stay up all night getting high and playing Xbox. You know, it was like our thing. And he was good at video games. He was good at them. He loved to play them. And, you know, he was, he's the best person that I would play with. Like no one was as good as him. So it's like a thing. And we always played this game. And when I hear the song now, it just kills me. All right, you ready? Go. All right, here we go. People will recognize this. It's the, I, don't even, I don't even play this game, and I know this. Yeah. It's, it's like a meme thing. It's yeah. uh, the Halo 3 theme music. Yeah. And this is... Uh, yeah, we, we played this a lot. I think this is the best Halo game, actually. I've only played up to four, but... And then listen to this comment that someone left. All right. This song... Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> I know what's going <laughs> This song brings back... So many memories. Tonight, it hits them even more. My mother used to make me play Halo 3 and just leave it on the menu because she loved the music. It relaxed her. Today, on October 12, 2015, it's past midnight right now. On the 13th, my mother passed away. And the only thing I could think about was this song tonight. As I sit here, empty and missing her. Please, I know the internet is a terrible place to post your personal life, but this, this just needed to be said. I miss this song, and I miss the memories it had with it. Thank you for reading this, and have a good day. Oh my god. Dude, that song kills me. It, like, if I, if I cue it up, once that, once that, uh, second part kicks in, it's like, that that's that's like an actor trick. Like I when I had I in the play I was in I had to cry a lot or like in certain parts. Yeah. So I had like an audio cue that could just instantly turn it on. And this is one of them. I didn't use this, but uh, you know this is one of them. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. That's brutal, dude. I. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's a hell of a way to end the show, man. Jesus Christ. I. Uh, yeah. No, I um, I associate a lot of those old Nintendo games with really, really fond memories of kind of escaping. And it's 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 funny, like a lot of those comments you said were about people that were like associated them with something positive, like you know my mom liked this, or um, I played this with so and so, like you know um, something positive. I use nintendo as an escape because you know my father passed away when i was five yeah and for that christmas that following christmas um i got nintendo and nintendo became a oh well an escape for me and it became a place where i could kind of get rid of those memories or not get rid of them but maybe even silence them or you know, yeah. set them up, set them aside for a little bit. Cause my focus was on something else and God damn it, Keith, you're a fucking dick, bro. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I was crying too. It's okay. Like, All right. 
the last episode you cried <laughs> wait two episodes ago you cried and i was like i wonder when i'm gonna cry on the show as i was putting this idea together i was like oh fuck like it's gonna happen yeah i don't know well, what it is i i have the, the only way i can display emotion to that level of like crying is no you know what it, it's like through media like after we had steve austin on i watched the trailer for captain fantastic yeah and i was like on the brink of tears just watching the trailer and these like a lot of video game music can do it i don't know it's just like uh it's like i can only cry through media you know what i mean i don't know what that is what's that like platonic thing like of uh you know the 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 allegory of the cave like you know it, people experience life through it, it, the things that are happening behind them and it's actually everything that you're seeing is kind of like a a projection of something behind you it's actually not the real thing it's like a kind of like secondary or or you know tertiary kind of like portion of what you're seeing and it's like we consistently do that as humans like uh, I, I do the same thing when i look at uh, what we watched uh bambi in the first like you know 15 20 minutes of that movie bambi's mother dies and yes. it, I, I didn't have a you know my mother didn't pass away my mom's luckily my mom is still alive but uh evelyn leaned over to me <laughs> like and in such a like little kid way like kind of tapped me on the shoulder and like poked at me and she was like hey that's like you Oh, and I was like, okay. And she's like, yeah, that's like you. And I'm like, yeah, it is like me. Thank you. I'm like, <laughs> Does anybody need water or more popcorn? <laughs> like, fuck. God damn it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Listen, we've, uh, we're happy to raise your spirits here on the, uh, the Northeast <laughs> scene podcast. And, uh, but no, listen, I, I don't know. I I just thought it was really interesting the YouTube thing. So I I just wanted to to talk about that, you know? But I'm happy. I'm in a good mood, are you? I'm in a fantastic mood. Like I Yeah, like I'm, everything everything is going good actually. Like I don't know. We we just have to talk about stuff sometimes. I actually feel like the more I talk about things and the more I kind of acknowledge that things are not good or haven't been good in the past, that life gets better in the present. And there you go. That's the positive note we're going to end the show on. We're back next week, and we look forward to seeing you then. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and until next time. Yay!